humans, and welcome to this very special edition of the Mostly Normal Side Hustle series. I am your host, AJ Idy. I am joined today by my usual co-host, the pharmacist with the sharpest wits, John Swanson. How are you doing today, John? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Today is July 3rd, 2020. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast creators of video game-inspired animation series, Little Stevie Wonders, and the horror comedy experience made in dreams known as Sinfield Chronicles. Please welcome Austin and Colton from Rare Bird Interactives to the podcast. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Glad to have you guys. Mm -hmm. We got through our slight technical difficulties at the beginning, and now we're ready to talk about some games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Well, when you first reached out, I had not heard of Sinfield Chronicles Built in Dreams yet, but after looking a bit into it and actually playing it, um, I just thought it was a pretty cool story. And, and I, I grew up watching uh, Seinfeld. And actually, since playing it, I, I've been watching some episodes um, just the last few days. Uh, I'm a huge fan still. I just watched Jerry's stand up on Netflix. I think he had a new one come out uh, not too long ago, at least within like the last year or so. But before we get into the weeds about the details surrounding your game, I was wondering if you could just please let our listeners know a bit about yourselves, how you got into games in the first place, what made you fall in love with them, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like six years older than Colton, so I started playing NES when I was, you know, two, three years old and kind of just was obsessed with video games from the very beginning. And I think Colton started right around PlayStation One. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we had we had Super Nintendo and we had all that stuff. But but Colton kind of got in with um like P- the PS1 era and then and then I remember, I remember when he was like five years old, he was like that was right around when uh, Kingdom Hearts came out or or no, he was like six or seven. But mm-hmm. I mean, he beat that he beat that at a young age and I was like yeah we were like we were deep into video games growing up and I was just like I remember the first time he beat Kingdom Hearts and I was like I I, I didn't even beat it and he okay. like he was this little kid and he, was, he beat the whole thing by so himself. well just to, to <laughs> clarify how do you guys know each other oh we're brothers okay yeah I just wanted for the listeners <laughs> sake that they're brothers oh, it's yeah, Austin yeah, yeah. it's Austin and Colton um that's Austin's voice that you heard first what have you guys been playing lately for fun Oh, um, I mean, we just finished Last of Us 2, and we kind of haven't stopped talking about it. Yeah, I've been playing that, and then um, I've still been, like, going back into Dreams. I've been, like, making, like, a Stranger Things-themed level. Oh, so that sounds cool. That right now. Yeah. Dreams is a lot of fun. I have been playing it just off and on. I am not a creative, so, uh, I mean, I know the game needs people like me, though, right? You need players, so... Uh, I, I'm yeah. one of a. Every game needs it? a QA tester, man. Exactly. What yeah. are they QA called? Tester. Yeah. Dream. There's dream building and dream seeking or something, right? Yeah, uh, you can just browse. You can just yeah, yeah, yeah dream surfing. Browse. Yeah, dream surfing. So yeah, I guess I'm a dream surfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they basically <laughs> they they kind of what's cool about the game is that they reward you for just surfing and playing other people's games, so that mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you're you know, like it's, it's a necessary part of it is having an audience and all that stuff. So they reward you for all, there's all these different things. You can be a creator, you can be, you can literally just make music. And so you get rewarded just for making music and all kinds of stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, that is super cool. You said you finished The Last of Us part two. I finished it as well. I'm John almost is, done with it. Yeah, John is almost finished. So we don't want to like 
uh, this isn't a spoiler cast, so we want people to be able to listen to this freely. So we don't want to like ruin any plot points, but uh, we're definitely down to talk some Last of Us. What what did you have in mind, I guess, specifically <laughs> about it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I think the one thing I, I, we don't have to go into spoilers. I think it's just an interesting um, uh, social experiment that they played on everybody. And it kind of revealed that we, because when the first Last of Us came out, I, I think we all thought we were on the same page with Joel. That we, Joel lied and Joel um, was, you know, kind of, he did a bad thing. And apparently people for the last seven years have read his facial, his facial cues and his, uh, his mannerisms and everything. They thought, oh, he didn't lie. Everything's fine. Everything's great. He's a great human being. And so there, it kind of revealed this interesting part of the gaming community where they, they thought The Last of Us was a fun adventure game. Uh, and you mean just I don't think this is a spoiler. You mean lying to Ellie? Yeah, at the end okay. of the first yeah, at the, okay. end, at the end of the first game when he when he when he uh yeah, he lies to her. Um, yeah. I hope that's not a spoiler. I, I don't think it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. I, the game's I, been I, that game's been out for 7 plus years. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I just think it's interesting because uh there's we we like to take advice and um, we we like other people's opinions on things, but this game kind of revealed that every single human being uh, looks at things. Is there there's so many factors that come into mm -hmm. play. Like uh, if you get an opinion from some gamer, how do I know that you can read emotional cues? Right. How do I know? How do I know that you can uh, you can digest this information the same way that I would digest it? Um, and that's the thing. And so, so somebody might say, oh, this game is dumb because of this, but it's like, how do I know that you processed it correctly? I don't know. Um, my, my, my issue with all these, um, negative last of us reviews is that mm -hmm. they all, they all hinge on whether you can, whether you think Joel was a good person or whether, uh, you, I don't know. It's weird. People, people thought that game ended in a positive positive way and and i and i just don't i can't believe that happened and i don't understand how you can finish that game and think oh yeah it's 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 everything's gonna be just fine you know what i think i kind of was one of them because i <laughs> so and i was too man because yeah. and I'll, I'll i'm on the exact opposite of the side of that like i didn't know until recently that people finished the game feeling like joel was the bad guy or did something bad oh yeah because like yeah I, I think I think that I think that's understandable. Like like you didn't realize how bad he was, but I mean, there's people out there that literally did not even register that he lied to her. But that's the thing that I like. I love about the second game is like because I, I kind of disagree with Austin in certain respects, but like the um like what I love about the first game is that it ends on such an ambiguous ending. That like the you, you left the players with like like no answer that was concrete like mm -hmm. because you played through this whole story from Joel's perspective you've seen like what he went through and like what pushed him to make that decision at the end yeah and um yeah. god i wish this was a spoiler cast cuz i have certain questions but oh yeah, keep going. yeah. sorry oh. i keep going <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it's great cuz the second game like it delves even deeper into that and um in a way it, it kind of i think judges joel a little bit but at the same time it like it opens up a whole new set of questions about like um the like the fallout of his choice and like um, yeah and also i just i want to say like i'm not judging anybody for not liking this game i just think that i can't trust 
anybody other than myself for for like from now on i have to, if if i'm interested in a game i have to play it i cannot i cannot listen to other people's opinions otherwise i would have i would have missed out on death stranding i would have missed out on mm -hmm. I would have missed out yeah. on a lot of oh yeah. um, the, last, the last guardian I, I have so many people that tell me the last guardian is the worst game they've ever played that was actually one of my favorite memories from ps4 so um i don't know i can I, see I, that man there there are several control issues with the last guardian but i thought the story for how little they there's any dialogue in there or there's dialogue but very little and the way they can tell a story without dialogue in those games always fascinates me every time I, I i i'm a little the thing is i uh i i get frustrated when i see people not playing a game correctly and, and <laughs> I, I under i understand that that game people said it had control issues but i also saw that people were bashing l1 button and yeah the l the l1 button is you know follow me follow me follow me and yeah. you're supposed to hold L1 and press square, triangle, circle, X, and they all have different commands. <laughs> and so people went through the entire game bashing, follow me, follow me. And they're like, why is he not jumping? Why is he not doing this? And I'm like, oh my God, there's a whole, <laughs> right, there's right. A whole range of controls that you don't even know about. Oh um, no. So, so yeah, so, so that's the thing is um, I just can't trust I, I think I think when I look at reviews, I, I I look at Easy Allies and I look at those guys, and if and I just kind of get like a general sense of whether like oh are they having fun with it or you know or is it um, noteworthy? But it but if like things like The Last of Us, um, I pretty much made my mind of whether I'm going to play it for myself or not. Here's a like, question that I want to ask you guys that I don't think that I th oh never mind. <laughs> I think it's well. Here's I, let me ask you this: Do you think Ellie is brave? Um, I think, uh, wait, what do you, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I, I consider her, I honestly, I consider Ellie to be up there with Ripley and, uh, Sarah Connor as like, just like an iconic female action hero, but like, but she's way more flawed and like, like they they make her. Yeah. 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 I, I'd say she's brave, but for like the reasons that like, she doesn't necessarily like know yet like there's like things that she discovers about herself as she goes um that are like are driving that kind of revenge tale mm -hmm. that um yeah i wish this was a spoiler cast because there's so much yeah there's just certain things that she does that i think aren't that i think could be considered in certain ways cowardly but, oh, yeah. but i don't i don't want to get into that like but, too deeply <laughs> i think i think that's where that's where this game causes too much confusion with people is that they are purposely doing that to like they're, they're like every character does something terrible or does or is not brave or you know they're literally um they're they're doing that on purpose to show that every single character is flawed and every mm -hmm. character is on their own path and they're all they have their own reasons for doing things um and it's also also this game is called The Last of Us. It's not called Party of Five, you know. So like it's uh, <laughs> it, it's like the the idea the idea that this game was going to keep on going and just be nonstop adventures. Um, I think this game was made with the goal of eventually just getting it down to one person or getting it down to a a, a small group of people. Like they were going to lose people along the way. It's not Uncharted where it's like, oh, let's pump out as many adventures as possible. This is, they had a, they had a goal to explore these themes. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're going to play this thinking it's Halo or whatever, no, it's like this game is exploring these themes. 
and like you you have to just kind of know that you're it's almost like it's almost like somebody watching schindler's list and being like you know what i like saving private ryan better it's like okay yeah yeah i definitely agree that you have to go into the game with like a certain you just have to like accept certain things before you go into it or you're not going to enjoy any of it i was just going to say i think it's a perfect example of why certain games shouldn't receive numbered review scores like yeah and uh death stranding was kind of that way too where it's like games have become certain games for instance have become such as this one have become art to the point where it's it's up to your interpretation and you can say you don't like something but you can't say that it's bad necessarily because it's up to your interpretation of it and yeah this game is to me a perfect example of that yeah like um red dead redemption 2 i remember like finishing the story mode and then jumping into the online and the online is like a completely different other beast. Yeah, like, yeah, you for sure. You have to kind of wait it separately from the. It's, it's games have just so many facets now that like they, you can't really compare. Yeah, I I I think I think Red Dead though for me um, I loved I loved everything about it except for the deliberate pace. Like I <laughs> I, I I didn't I don't like I didn't like how um, well I I think Red Dead was kind of annoying how they had the camp mechanic. But then, but then the more I played the game, the more the camp stuff would go away. Like, so, so it kind of, I, I, I wish the camping stuff was like a permanent part of the game so that after I beat it, I could still manage this camp or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's, you know, I, I don't understand why these companies put so much work into making these mechanics. And then as I'm playing it, it, it basically gets rid of that part of the game. It's, and The Last of Us does the same thing where it's like, oh, here's this cool big chunk of the city and it's like Metal Gear Solid Five, and it's really cool. Oh, wait, uh, and then you leave and it's gone and you never get to do that again. Yeah. Um, so so I, 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 I don't understand why they put so much work and effort into these mechanics that you only use for like a small portion of the game. So that's another reason is that people get frustrated because they do stuff like that. And I still, I still think that it's a very special experience. And I, I, I just feel so bad for Naughty Dog because they were, they put so much love and care into this game and people are like planning on boycotting every game that they release from now on. And I'm like, that is absurd. That is Yeah. Okay. I'm a negative review at like 1201 AM. <laughs> yeah. For like, well, that's also a vocal minority though. Right. Cause I mean, look at it. It set the record for game sales in the first yeah, day or whatever. Sold 4 million. million copies in three days. Yeah. So I don't think they're. So yeah, it's sad hurting. that like there's shitty people out there review bombing it, but uh, I mean, Naughty Dog's going to be fine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no, they're no, they're definitely going to be fine. But I just don't, I don't think that they did. I just don't think they did anything wrong. I don't oh yeah, I agree. That. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think it's not like it's not like uh, they they had microtransactions or they're they're like getting kids addicted to gambling or something like that. It's like they just they they told a very traumatizing story and it and it, it may have traumatized some people. Um, oh yeah dude it traumatized me we were i uh, our, our podcast episode just came out today um but it was a uh, sorry my phone just rang <laughs> um even just for like the stealth kills like i have to like look away from the screen while she's doing it sometimes because it's like it gets too gruesome like over and over again and like even just like a regular kill takes so long and the dogs too i like I yeah remember, the like, dogs the yeah. dogs have names oh like, man it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. There's that one, I don't want to, there's one specific dog kill that towards like a, I wouldn't say the apex of the story, but one of the 
kind of yeah. apex moments of the story where I'm just like, fuck. And then after that, I was talking about it. We recorded our normal scheduled podcast last yesterday or two days ago or whatever. And after that scene and then the, the subsequent scene right after it, I had to like turn the game off and I was like physically nauseated because of what I just watched on the screen. So it's uh, I think we're going to do a spoiler cast just because I need the counseling more yeah. than I more than like. I want to do a spoiler cast for it. There's like, a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. For sure. yeah. I, I think I, but that's, that's, that's all part of this is that I think that a lot of people out there just don't know how to process this information. And yeah. And it, especially it, now, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like, I, I read, I read in the comments that someone said, I hate this game. It reminds me like they said something about their dad dying and that this brought it all back and all this stuff. And so so it's hitting people in all these really personal ways and they're saying that therefore the game is bad and I hate it and I want to boycott it. That's what yeah. I liked about, um, I, I just watched like Shelby's review on girlfriend reviews and um, at the end, like she mentions that the, like, yeah, it's like for her, she lost her dad and like this game did bring back those memories, but for her, she liked the game, but she could understand like why someone yeah. would, this could be a turnoff for people. I totally understand that. I think I'm more just upset at like people like Angry Joe or these people that have these platforms and they're like, they're not taking the time to be like, okay, like they're, they're just, they're feeding into it. And I'm like, is this really good for the world right now? Like to just like kind of get More gas people. on the fire. Yeah, exactly. Just riling people up. And that's making... what that, that's what Angry Joe does though. Angry is in his name. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. I know. I totally get it. It just, I just feel like um, those type of shows are kind of hurting America. Like, let's be, let's try to be happy right now when everything else yeah. is shitty. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're like, imagine, imagine if you guys were like, Oh yeah, we have this show where we play this character where we rile up people and get them angry. And it's like, Oh, it's my job. It's like it's not a <laughs> shitty job, dude. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, I'm on YouTube thing. and then I see like, uh, it's like, top 10 worst things about like Bioshock Infinite or something. <laughs> Why would I watch this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't want to, I'm not saying like you can totally hate this game, but I think like harassing uh, actors, harassing people, um, just like, uh, and also just saying that the game is bad writing. I was like, cause when I went into it, um, someone, someone told me that before I played it and they kind of had writing. I never heard that one. And I, oh. the acting and the writing was fantastic in this game. Like how, I don't know how you could doubt either any of that. Oh dude, I've seen so many people say it. there, there, there's, there's so many video essays that pop up in my feed that say, uh, this is the worst writing I've seen in my whole life. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> like, like, I mean, like this isn't a world where we have games like, well, first of all, like games like days gone, which isn't a bad game, but it's like, that is a disappointing, that was kind of a disappointing game just because it didn't really do what I thought it was going to do. But I, and, but I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at the game or anything, but I'm like, why didn't that game get so much hate? It's because you guys are just more invested in this game, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's it's just weird how like you you build a fan base and they get super passionate and then if you piss them off, they turn on you and it's like oh. yeah, weird. It's weird. So oh. yeah, <laughs> it's a very well, I, I, as a game as as someone that's going into this and we're making we're making stuff and we're making we're trying to make animations or making video games and things like that. It's something that like kind of bums me out about it. Is like. Oh yeah, the more successful you are, the more you could be attacked and harassed. And or almost, it, 
I hate to say this, but are like guaranteed to be. Uh, oh yeah, especially sure. if you try to make like something that speaks, I guess. Yeah. Like no. like just putting Ellie in as like a lesbian woman has created backlash, and that's not even doesn't even have anything to do with the game design, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I that's another. I after I finished the game, I looked back and I was like, that was the most. That first of all people saying that they're shoving it down my throat i'm like they literally just showed her having a normal relationship and it wasn't even it was like two or three like small interactions it wasn't even like it was definitely not shoved down your throat i never heard that (laughs) i feel like if anything if anything uh hetero relationships are being shoved down my throat you know like they're just like i'm being completely bombarded by straight relationships and things and it's like all of a sudden here comes this hundred million dollar game with a like one gay couple and they and they say things like i love you be careful um i hope yeah you, you know God and, forbid. And they're like don't shove this down my throat you can't you can't they, they can't say um good oh, luck. i hope you i hope you're okay i want to hear a little bit about what what, what is titanic <laughs> 2 <laughs> when what is and why am I even asking that question? Okay, so basically that's how I got started in this. So I'm I'm 30 years old right now, and um, when I first moved down here, I was 18, and I um, I got I just got some advice from somebody to come down to LA and start uh, taking editing courses in Avid. Sure. And so I moved to Burbank, and I was I was taking courses on uh, learning Avid and just getting into assistant editing and things like that. And then I got a job down the street from the asylum and it was, it was amazing. Like I, it was like literally maybe like three or four blocks from Avid. I, I applied and then a month later they said that they had a assistant editing job for Titanic two. And I was, I was like, I was, I was 19. I turned 19 around that time. And so I was just like completely stoked. Like imagine getting out of high school and then just like you're now you're like if because I, I was really big on like Roger Corman and all that, all that stuff. And yeah, I knew that for anyone who doesn't know, uh, like Asylum is basically like a studio that puts out like basically B like B or like almost like D list movies that um, basically riff off of uh, popular franchises. So like they instead of Pacific Rim, they made like Atlantic Rim. <laughs> and uh instead of like i am legend they made i am omega yeah and then also snakes uh, on a tra- snakes on a train <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so 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 yeah sorry for not i i, I always assume people know asylum but that's that's absurd. they're most famous for sharknado yeah yeah i was i was about to ask it sounds like a sharknado type thing so that, that not that i haven't seen it but i guess i'm not keen on like <laughs> where it came from <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no they so they uh, around that time they were doing mega shark and they were doing um oh they were they were just starting up mega piranha so what was so what drew me to that company though was that i i knew that's how james cameron started he started you know he did like low budget b movies mm-hmm. and um and that's it roger corman had a company similar to that where they would just make schlock and and it and i thought that was kind of a good place to kind of learn you know um and so i just got so excited because it was literally a couple blocks from my apartment and from my school and stuff and um so i got a job on titanic 2 while i was organizing the footage the other editors were saying how much they were exhausted and they didn't want to work on Titanic two mm-hmm. because they do, they do 15 movies a year. So, okay. so, so 
just imagine like three other dudes <laughs> just imagine just imagine like an 18 year old 19 year old scrawny kid and i'm just like organizing the footage and then these other editors are just bitching about oh my god i they're like i am not looking forward to titanic 2 and i was like <laughs> I, I i i was very ambitious and i went to the producers and i said like hey um no one wants to work on this can i work on it and then he's like can you and then he asked me if i knew how to edit and i was like of course and so i went and uh edited a scene together using the titanic 2 footage gave it to him and then he was like oh shit you can actually edit which is really funny because it's like the easiest thing in the world it's just like you know reverse shot reverse shot move on to the next thing dude i love the fact that he just was like hey kid you know how to edit (laughs) (laughs) dude that's how it works it's like i remember what's funny is i I look back at when i was like 19 and 20 i was like man i was i was just like i I was so brave i literally i walked into his office and just like i was just like nobody wants to work on this i want to work on it (laughs) around the office right wait what he like roller skated around the office right oh yeah yeah so he would wear rollerblades and he would yeah he would he would he would rollerblade around the office to get around because the whole the whole um the whole (laughs) this is absurd yeah, no, the whole studio was like uh, concrete, so he could just roll around and he would, you know, they, they tried to make it like a fun environment and stuff, but I slowly learned that it was kind of, um, I because I thought the reason I wanted to go into a company like that was because I thought, oh, it's very relaxed and they just kind of like make garbage and they kind of just pump it out and it's just kind of a learning experience. And instead I learned that like they did like, 10 revisions on titanic 2 and they were like and they barely paid the guy and he was just like they're just making all these they're just giving him tons of notes on the script and and then they and then they ended up giving me tons of notes on the on the film and i'm like this is not fun this is what not is because <laughs> it's what, all right be just yeah. just because i'm like uber curious and to be fair i've never seen the movie what is <laughs> titanic 2 about <laughs> oh yeah so yeah everybody always asks me if it's like a sequel and it's not what they did was so they 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 come the 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 way the company works is they they find these loopholes to get away with as long as they name it a certain way they can get away with it and so titanic 2 is the name of the boat okay and so it's, it's basically referencing a physical boat in the movie so they got away with it it takes place a hundred years later and they're going on a, a memorial cruise it's really dumb. They're like honoring the first Titanic by going on the exact same path. Didn't this happen or? No, they, they're, um, they're, they're, I think somebody was trying to build a Titanic too, but I don't, okay. know, I don't know if it ever actually happened. I think okay. we might've sank and no one gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. I read about it at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I, I do remember that. That was like actually right around that time that was on the news and stuff. But I don't think, yeah, I don't think anything ever happened with that, but the movie, the movie's ridiculous. It's basically the Poseidon adventure mixed with Titanic. So it gets hit by a, a giant tidal wave with little icebergs in it. <laughs> and so, so not only is it getting hit by a mega tsunami, it's getting hit by like this ice. It's like an ice. <laughs> Multiple icebergs. Yeah. <laughs> so it like, is that how it fails? Like, cause it slices the compartments with like mini icebergs. Yeah. 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 So like, so, so they were, they were like, we, we thought of everything, like no iceberg could take it down. They're like, yeah. Spoilers but- by the way, for Titanic too. <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is like, they're like, yeah, but what about, what about a bunch of, a uh, bunch of uh, icebergs going 600 miles an hour? Oh, we didn't think of that. Oh my God. Um, and so this like iceberg is like just flying at them and it hits the side of the ship and then it flips the boat over and now the whole movie is in this upside down 
you know the titanic is sinking upside down like the poseidon adventure Um, (laughs) is is there a scene where they're at the bow of the ship and like doing the no dude they (laughs) they couldn't they 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 do do some shots they do some shots of um so they shot it in san diego where they did the uh uh was the queen mary okay so they so they got like 20 they got 20 extras and they just like had them running around the camera to make it look like a crowd of people (laughs) <laughs> and and they they just they just made they tilt the camera to make it look like the the boat is tilted and then they have people pretending to slide and do those things but but the but the boat eventually flips and everybody's upside down and <laughs> anyways but that movie that movie was really it was really fun though because at the time I didn't really have to worry about like I didn't really care about money or anything like that I was just like happy to be there um, well but, that's a cool thing to work on yeah, one of my yeah. favorite um like movies they made. I think it was post Titanic too, but they made this Sherlock Holmes movie where he basically has to investigate like a bunch of dinosaurs, and then <laughs> it ends up being like a a steampunk dragon shows up in the middle of London. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it is nothing like any like Sherlock Holmes movie. It's like ridiculous. Oh yeah, they yeah the, the they so one one really cool moment when I was working there was I was editing Titanic two, which was a James Cameron kind of movie you know it's like based off titanic and then the guy next to me was editing mega piranha and i was <laughs> like and that and, and james cameron directed his first movie was piranha 2 and so so it was like this james cameron vibe in the edit room and we were like guys we're making history <laughs> uh, but yeah it was, so that was that was pretty cool that's funny <laughs> but yeah we but we've i i've i've gone on to uh i worked my way up to editor and i've been editing for the last five six years um at just different companies and now I'm slowly getting into the animation world the last two years I did um, little Stevie and yeah that's a that's a great transition my next question that I wanted to ask you guys about is you created this animation show that I teased earlier or animated show that I teased earlier called Lil, Lil Stevie Wanders what, what's that all about oh yeah so me and Colton were trying to make an iPhone game in 2016 2017 and um, we were just using Unreal Engine, and um, I had this like old. It was my. It was on my old iMac, and it was like it was like a 20, 2011 iMac or something. It basically the Unreal Engine like destroyed that computer. It just my my graphics card died, and I lost a lot of the files that were on that computer. Um, and but we but we what we did have was this. Um, we had all the the, the cutscenes from the iPhone game. So so okay. so we we had this really funny little like trailer cutscene type thing that we had and we had all the footage and stuff and we just sat on it for a while and um, basically uh, two years later I submitted it to Channel One Hundred One as its own uh, Channel One Hundred One is a like a uh, competitive uh, comedy film festival in L.A. Okay and every month like they show 10 shorts and people vote on their, their five favorite shorts. And then those five get to move on to the next month and get to come back and do it again. And so, so it's like a, te- it's like a television show where people get to, they, they get to vote whether the show continues or not. Oh, interesting. Um, it's, it's really, really fun. So it's, it's all like episodic. So you got to make episode one, two, three, four, five. The, this one guy, uh, Dave Seeger, he made, 25 episodes or 26 episodes of a show called car jumper which is 25 or 26 months of work which is insane uh, so he i think he has the record for the longest running show at channel 101 
Um, it's, it's just, a, basically it's just a fun competitive film festival every month. Um, and we submitted little Stevie and I, we, it was kind of just a joke at first, but then it kind of like blew up a little bit and people really responded positively to it. And what's, what's the show about? Uh, like plot wise. <laughs> uh, it basically it's ET. It's, it's, it's the, the, the very first episode is just like ET, but it's like a little naked alien boy who is playing video games in this girl's apartment and the FBI or the government comes and blows up the house and it turns into a iPhone game where you have to like <laughs> swipe, you have to swipe up and swipe down and jump over the tables and jump over things. And anyways, but he, he goes out and takes down the, this Apache helicopter and uh, using like he break dances and opens up portals and does all this crazy shit. Um, and so we just like, we just submitted that. It was just basically him jumping out of a window, taking down an Apache helicopter and that's it. And people just really loved it. They just, I, I was so worried because it's not like, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's just this little boy running around and and people went nuts for it and so we did episodes two and three and we just we 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 kept improving on it and making it bigger and bigger and more epic what happened was um like last november or november december we got a, a message from this uh producer from adult swim and they said that somebody from rick and morty saw it they said it was a year ago someone saw it a year ago they mentioned it to him and they were interested in it and so we start we've been developing like a full show uh like a like uh, six episodes and we're working on that right now so, awesome we're, yeah we're trying to get we're trying to get it made um but it's 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 just like a it's kind of like a, a video game it's like uh imagine if it was like outbreak and et mixed together and instead of like a little <laughs> instead of like a instead of like a killer monkey virus it's a little naked alien boy uh, and and he and he runs around and he can like jump into your soul and he can solve problems it's uh, if you watch it it'll all make sense this is amazing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's some awesome stuff and i guess now i got well, i want to get down to the root of why we all came together in the first place. Colton, you guys made yeah. something called Sinfield Chronicles. How did this all get started? Can you guys maybe take me through, like, I guess from yeah. the beginning, um, there's this game called Dreams on PS4 where you can make games in, and you guys decided to make something called Sinfield Chronicles. What What's the story here? So basically, like, we're both huge fans of Media Molecule. Like, um, I've, I've played like all their games start and like uh, back in the day and started little big planet one. Um, and we made a bunch of uh, levels in that and posted them online. Austin made like a, a, a Seinfeld level back in the day in little big planet. It was like super basic. Okay. Um, but by, by the time dreams came around, we started noticing like this is a plot, like basically a platform where you can make almost any kind of game, not something that's within like the little big planet um kind of universe mm -hmm. so uh austin had the idea of like what if we took uh pt the hideo kojima game that was canceled <laughs> and we take that kind of horror concept and merge it with seinfeld <laughs> try to make a seinfeld horror game within dreams and someone had already made like a pt remake so i don't know if you saw that but um it's really well done like someone basically just remade the whole game yeah i think i did see that in dreams and it's uh they pulled off the whole thing so well. So we, we 
saw that and we kind of took um we, we found like a template for like a first person character with like a flashlight and we're like what if we can put this in jerry's apartment and just make it into <laughs> a crazy horror experience <laughs> i love everything about this <laughs> because we are huge kojima fans and we are huge seinfeld fans yeah dude i feel like every instance of my life i can basically narrow it down in my head to a moment that i can make an analog to either a seinfeld episode or a south park episode <laughs> um so i'm almost constantly like uh referencing the show and uh yeah i i love seinfeld it's fantastic and i've saw him i've seen him live once you watched the uh netflix thing didn't you i did yes. yeah i've heard it's pretty good it's pretty good yeah it's i mean it's exactly it's just jerry seinfeld again which it, which is there's nothing wrong with that and, yeah, and he said some really cool stuff like hey you guys all know like who i am what i've been doing like basically implying like how rich i am like i don't need to be up here on the stage right now i'm doing it because i love it and yeah. that's really fucking cool like that he's still you know out there doing stand-up comedy like right yeah th- this many years later i think yeah. the 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 game started off as like a pt clone but then like we kind of it, it's it's now closer to stanley parable or um gone home but it has but when you walk down the hallway yeah there's definitely some pt vibes <laughs> um, and then and, and and the thing is we we originally were thinking of doing the loop thing and and there's definitely there's definitely like some elements of there where the game does loop but we we definitely wanted to get the player to the diner at some point yeah so it's kind of fun where the game kind of like starts off with you going in and and uh you're gonna go visit your uncle jerry right and yeah wait hold on who does the voice oh that's me okay (laughs) nice (laughs) it's like young jerry i I love it i was telling my coworker about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you go oh yeah oh oh no oh yeah it's it's just very like neurotic and scared Uh, (laughs) i should also mention that like us being we're both huge Seinfeld fans and it also ties into us being Canadian. It's like we both, we would travel um, to Canada from California mm-hmm. every year when we were kids. And um, on the way up, me and Austin would just watch on loop, like the same, like two seasons of Seinfeld. And then he eventually got like every box set. So then like every year we, we would just watch more Seinfeld on loop. just on a nice. car ride. Yeah. With, a, yeah. That's, that's what's weird is that, I mean, I, I, I look back at my, like childhood and it's insane how many times I was able to watch the same stuff. Like before YouTube came out, I would just watch basically like the same episodes of Seinfeld, maybe like 10 times or something. It was crazy. Um, so I, like we, we would on the, on the way up to Canada, like we'd watch them like, I think every episode we've seen like 10 or 20 times. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That sounds about right. Do you guys have, (laughs) do you guys have a favorite episode? Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, Colton. What, what, I mean, I don't know. I, I just have the the parking garage. Oh my god, that is yeah. my favorite episode. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> it's like, like you, perfect bottle episode. Uh, if you say the finale, I'm gonna hang up the call. <laughs> the, the dingo ate your baby is classic. Like I can't, and and, yeah. and I have a dog that kind of looks like a dingo, so like that one holds like dear to me. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think for me, it's like it's not like an entire episode. It's just moments, like the cable boy 
Um, <laughs> our, uh, uh, oh, by the way, yeah, we were we were thinking of putting the Cable Boy stuff in there at some point. We got to do that. Um, just have to have them shoot Donathan. Um, yeah. <laughs> but basically, uh, yeah, I just like I love little bits and pieces throughout the series. Like also um, when Jerry suffocates George with a pillow and Elaine walks in. Um, there's just yeah. these like weird dark moments where like Elaine what are you doing here yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I mean what other show like where they pretend to kill each other yeah it's um, awesome I think that's what I I haven't I don't have dreams yet um, I'm one of those people that's kind of hoping they put it as like free on the PS5 or something but yeah. uh, I did watch the video um, that was on IGN I believe and uh I, I did like you guys. I could tell you were obviously a fan of the of several moments as you put a lot of that stuff in there, like the lights from the Kenny Rogers chicken joint and the levels in uh, Kramer's apartment and stuff like that. So I love those little touches to kind of give you a yeah. You know, it's all and, those and cool guys, moments that you liked, like in the actual game. That was cool. You guys had the hot tub, <laughs> hot tub. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, yeah, when you, I don't know if you guys dived into, like, did you try making anything in Dreams or? Uh, no, I mean, I've done some of, I've done some of the tutorials, but no, I haven't actually tried to make anything yet. Okay, so basically, I, cause I, I get, we get so many messages from people saying, oh, you got to put this in there, you got to put this in there. And I'm like, you don't understand how lucky that, like, we were able to fit those things in there. Like, it's, it's like, it's, it's barely, functional like it's like you know because it's it, we we filled up the thermometer to 100 <laughs> yeah. percent, and we had to we had to carefully choose and pick which items are uh in the game and how detailed they are and all that stuff because like that the the fact that you can walk around jerry's apartment go into kramer's and go down the hallway and go down the elevator that i mean i know there's people that have done like crazy levels in the game but i i couldn't figure it out i was like this is this because there, there's so many unique objects in Kramer's apartment. There's the yeah the hot tub, the the uh, Merv Griffin set. The, <laughs> the oh, and also that's not even including the secret dungeon. Merv Griffin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, I think I think uh, what we did was we broke it up into chunks. So there's the there's the hallway, there's the the exterior stuff. Oh, and then also when you walk outside and you see the you know, the exterior, like what our plan is, is that you can go down into the subway eventually. We're going to, we're going to work on that. And yeah. That's the thing too, is like, there's, there's a bunch that we haven't even put in yet. Um, Cause I, I majority of the time I spent on Sinfeld, I was working on, um, I've been basically working on like a Festivus pole expansion. I saw have. that like at the, well, I mean, are we spoiling Sin, Sinfield, Sinfeld in this conversation? <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, it's so abstract and weird that I don't think you can. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> at the end, when you grab the pole, I definitely can see the the potential. And Festivus is probably my. It now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's my favorite episode because just the whole idea of Festivus is so good, and like the airing of grievances. Yeah, and, dude, it's yeah. that's fantastic, and the, the, how it's maintained through this time, and just how Seinfeld has too, because I'm, I'm 37. And I was kind of like on the younger side, I guess, of like people who enjoyed that show. And now I'm finding that I'm not anymore because it's persisting through time as it should because it's so fantastic. I love how Festivus came from one, like one of the writers on the staff for Seinfeld. Like it was like one of their families had a, like Festivus <laughs> came from their, their family. Like it was a Oh my gosh, I didn't know holiday. that. 
and so they so basically awesome. like told uh, Larry David and everyone about this and they're like yeah like this is like an actual holiday that my family celebrates so they actually took it from their family and put it into the show and they air their grievances <laughs> yeah it's like it was like it originated as like some crazy old grandpa and someone's actual family <laughs> like oh that's funny I feel um, like that wouldn't bode well for me I think, I think uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that uh, Colton did a, an amazing job with the Festivus poll that I wish, um, we, we definitely need to build a whole level just for that segment because yeah. it, 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 it's a completely different game. It's, it's, the gameplay is so different that you have to, we have to basically make like a beat em up, like a, it's like a beat em up uh, final fight type level where you go and beat people up with a poll. Right, right, right now, like the the one that's currently in the released version, it's um, Austin just put in like a third person version, which isn't how I built it. Yeah, it's just like um, a little preview. Oh, cool. But of uh, I've been working on like I'm trying to do like a first person version of the Festivus Bowl that's like a cross between Half Life and like the new God of War. So like, it basically. Oh my goodness, like, that's amazing. Like a crowbar, but then you can also like throw it really far nice. and then like call it back to your hand. Oh um, my god! Like, yeah, the the, the Festivus poll is gonna be like one of the best weapons in all video game time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like all I've been like putting all my effort into the Festivus. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, the the uh, yeah, there's also uh, there's a lot of little Easter eggs that I still haven't seen people discover, which is crazy because the game's not even that big. But um, if you like, if you go down the alleyways, there's like. Um, there's the clown from the clown episode. Okay, yeah, I didn't go down any alleyways. What are, I'm trying to think of some of the Easter eggs I did find. <laughs> like the cable box, I feel like is a good one because I mean Kramer's always trying to get Jerry to like get free cable or whatever. And then like there's like those uh, those cable guys that come in and stuff, and and having that as like a key point of the experience was cool. Um, oh. Oh yeah, but that, that's another thing I wanted to talk about was like the idea, the like this game would have taken so much longer if it wasn't for um, Dreams allowing me to put up, like put up a, a rough version for people to play. And then what I would do is I would go computer and just like, I would I would ask some random streamer, I'd say, hey, go play this. And I would the reason I would ask them is because I want them to just basically test it for me. Cause the yeah. thing is I, when I play it, I know exactly what I need to do, right? So when I right. watch other people play, it's very interesting to see. I, I, I've, I've done it like, I've seen like 20, 30 different people play it. And I'm trying to get it to a point where everybody does the same thing kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I've noticed, I, I noticed, oh, the first thing that people do is they kind of, they jump on the bed a little bit. They go into the living room and they look out the window and they kind of look at the TV and stuff. So I kind of predict where they'll go. Um, but, it, but what's funny is the cable box thing. I noticed that a lot of people just don't read the note on the fridge. Oh, And, and so like, there's, I, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to hold their hand too much. So I'm like, I haven't really like, I don't know. I haven't really modified it, but I notice a lot of people they'll run by the fridge. They won't even read it or they won't even like kind of think about it and they'll just move on and then they'll be like what they're like what do i do and i'm like well and to be fair i watched one of the like ign or polygon or something um videos mm-hmm. like before i played it only for like the first couple like maybe like a minute and a half but it showed them finding the note so that like the first thing i did was look for the note yeah that's good yeah i i think um there's oh my gosh the most the the one thing that was really frustrating was 
um, teaching people how to use Square, which is this is this is all very simple stuff that like gamers don't really think about, but game developers like they 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 hit their head against the table because people just don't learn. They like like if you so when when people go into Jerry's apartment, they don't know how to open the door even though they used the button to get into the apartment. And so for some reason they forget that that button did something. And so, so what I did was the very first thing is you go to the table and there's like the note on the table and it says press square to whatever. And so mm -hmm. that once I did that, then there was no confusion from that point on, they knew square was like the action button or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there's little things like that where you think, Oh, like people will figure it out eventually. And I, I was shocked at how many people just did not ever press square. And I was like, Oh my God. Well, the version, <laughs> the version that I played at least had, I think where you hold like right trigger or, those, or something that pulled up like the control menu. Mm -hmm. So I just like pulled that up and, and that's how I figured it out. Oh but, my so, God. Well, that's, that was another thing is we put, we put the controls up in the top right corner. Yeah. Having and that <laughs> was like super key. Cause that's how I figured it out. I was just like, Oh, controls. All right, sweet. Yeah. This is how I do things. Yeah, I, 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 I just find that interesting. It's just it's really interesting just seeing how how different people play games and I'm kind of just figuring out like how to how to guide them, you know. Yeah, and it's kind of like you said that you were saying earlier about Last Guardian, like where people were hitting L1 and not any other combination of buttons, you know. Yeah. And even yeah. though you can put it like right in front of their face, not always do they look at it. They just assume that this should be the input to do this. I've always found that fascinating because even I do that like in last of us part two, like I've done that, like, well, this is the button that I would use intuitively to do this. And it's not the one that it is. And it's not a bad thing. It's just a game design thing. That's just weird. Yeah. I, th I think, I think that also goes back to like um, a lot of us, like a lot of the experienced gamers hate the tutorial level, but they have to do that because pl mm -hmm. like most players just will not learn the controls any other way. What I love about yeah. this game, though, is, like, it's just funny, like, the fact that, like, while we're working on this project, Austin could just message me at any time. Like, there's one day where he's just like, oh, I just finished building the level where Jerry rips the roof off of his apartment. Oh, my <laughs> like, gosh. It's so and good. It's like, oh, I can just quickly jump in and, like, play through it and, you know, check it and, like, you know, test things out and be like, oh. Yeah, like, that literally, like, what, what, also, it's crazy that I was able to make that within, like, a day or two. You know, like I just like scaled up Jerry, animated him lifting the thing off. And I was like, why, why can't Unreal Engine be like this? And so yeah. I, I, it really frustrates me. I'm like, man, if, if, if Unreal Engine could just like modify their user interface and just like, just kind of just make things fun, um, there'd be so many amazing games out there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I just love the, the way that Dreams allows like a community to share assets so seamlessly without like... Because basically, as long as you post your asset and you um, you basically mark it as remixable, like you're allowing anyone in the community to use it. Um, so like the other day when I was building uh, like the Stranger Things arcade, like I don't really have to make every arcade machine from scratch. Um, you can just quickly like search the community. It's like like who made an arcade machine that's usable. It's you can easily build like massive areas within like a matter of a few hours. As I noticed from looking at the Stevie Wonders thing that you're using Unreal for, and yeah, so we we used Unreal Engine for the first episode, and then because it turned into 
just like an animated series kind of for this festival. We ended up just doing everything in Cinema 4D. Oh, um, gotcha. Because it's just it's just way faster and it's easier to use. Yeah, um, I know, I'm sure because you don't have to add the interactivity. Um, well, that's that's actually where Unreal Engine Five comes in. Is like that's one of the issues is that Unreal the 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 current way it works is that when you use a real time renderer, you have to build these loads, uh, level of detail uh, models. So basically, like if Stevie goes far away, I have to make the quality of Stevie kind of. Uh, gradually get worse and worse you know l less and less polygons um and so so you have to modify and you have to um make all your 3d models like work within this real-time renderer you don't have to you could literally throw them all in there and just like if you have a computer powerful enough to render it then you know i guess it could work that way but the thing is unreal engine basically you have to optimize so what the reason why Unreal Engine 5 is so incredible, and I know a lot, I've seen a lot of comments where people say, I don't get it, it looks like a video game. And we're like, no, no, no. What they're saying is that you can drag and drop 3D models from Spider-Man or whatever, like a feature film, and it'll literally just work in Unreal Engine in real time. Wow, that's so, awesome, man. So for just to give you an example of that, like Lil Stevie is about like 50,000 polygons. But like, like I, I mean, I would assume like a, a movie asset from like Spider-Man or whatever is probably like millions and maybe tens of millions of polygons, you know, uh, just for that one model. So, so the fact that I can drag that in there and it just works and I can just use this high quality 3D model and then it automatically kind of figures it out for me that's going to change everything. And so I, I know I see a lot of people that are just like, I don't get it. This looks, this looks exactly the way I expect next gen to look. And it's like, no, no, no. They're, they're basically saying that this is like the new standard of games. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, that is what, that's what blew everybody away. It was like, Oh my God, if this is, if this is like the standard, then imagine what Naughty Dog could do with this technology or whatever. It's been a crazy response. Cause I've seen so many developers respond to it. Like, um, you know, some of them are just blown away by the tech that they showed off. But at the same time, I've I've also talked to a couple that were saying that like they currently work on games in Unreal Four, and they don't believe that Unreal Five is going to be that big of a jump. But um, it comes out at the beginning of next year, so everyone's kind of waiting to see if it is like that kind of a game changer. It's going to be insane if it is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It was, to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you guys would know way better than I would, it, it sounded like it's easier for somebody to make an asset. Like, to me, it made it sound like it would be easier for a smaller team to make a much more impressive AAA looking game because of the ability to just drop assets and exactly. have them transfer into that world much easier. Well, yeah, because you can go straight from the modeling software, whereas um, there was there was literally teams of people dedicated to optimizing them and to getting them get. So what they would do is they had to make a high high resolution polygon, high polygon three D model, and then they would export these things called normal maps, which basically has all that detail. So like all that all that all the bumps and all the things or whatever, that's all in this like texture file, right? And, yeah. and they would lower the polygons down to like 20,000 or 30,000 polygons. And then when they put the texture file on there, it would, it, would, it would have all that detail from the high res one. So games these days, when you see a model that has all this detail, that's literally just a texture file that has this 
data from the high-res model. Um, but what, what Unreal Engine 5 is saying that you don't even have to do that anymore. You could literally put in the actual polygon, the high polygon 3D model without any tricks. But, but, here's the, but the, the other thing though is that I, I can't wait to see what people do when they optimize. So like, yeah, you can throw in all this shit and not optimize anything, but what happens if you take this technology and you optimize the way that we normally optimize stuff? Like how far can you push it I just played through um, the Spyro Reignited trilogy, or uh, the first game at least. I, I got a platinum on PS4. Nice. It's a really easy platinum. It only takes like, um, it was like eight hours. Wait, what's John, an easy platinum? John, get on there. For, what game? Uh, hey, John, John, how many platinums do you have? Oh, I don't know. I'll check. But what game are you talking about? For the first <laughs> Spyro, and the Reignited trilogy. Oh yeah, I have that. I think. Yeah, and like, um, but yeah, that game looks beautiful in Unreal Engine Four, and so like. It's amazing that that reminds me of like those old videos of like where people would you know put Mario in some upgraded engine, be like, oh, this is what Mario would look like in Unreal. But like that game just felt like they finally got there, where like Spyro just looks perfect. But now I'm I'm interested to see like what would Spyro look like on Unreal Five. Like it's going to be a crazy jump for games like that, where like they're so simple, but they're going to run way smoother. Like the ray tracing is reflecting light off of his scales. Yeah, and like the yeah, I think like for uh, the new Ratchet and Clank, like the PS5 demo, they showed off like Clank now has like ray traced reflections. Oh my gosh, that that game looks so good with when like the screen like comes at you, like instead of a loading screen, it just like like folds over you. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's another thing is, um, I mean this SSD stuff is going to. I mean, if you look at Hideo Kojima, like he uses uh, every console, he uses the technology in different ways. And so now I'm so curious to see what he does with this super fast loading technology. So he can, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what he could come up with, but I'm sure, I'm sure that, um, do you remember the Silent Hill uh, demo that they released at Gamescom or something? It, it was like a little teaser trailer. Where like where it showed them opening doors and like uh like like one minute the doors there's nothing in the door and then he opens it and now there's a whole level in the door. Oh, yeah. uh, I bet you Kojima yeah. is gonna do a lot of mind bending stuff where it's like you know you you like you literally a door can appear in front of you you open it it's a whole other level. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. I'm I'm super stoked. Well, all this talk about uh, making games makes me wanna wanna know how we can help you guys make make this game Sinfield Chronicles. You guys are are making a Kickstarter or of sorts, or or can you tell us more about that? Yeah, we basically we we uh, we launched a Kickstarter and we recently uh, hit our goal of our, our very basic goal was five thousand dollars just so we could just so we can get the equipment ready for Unreal Engine five next year because mm -hmm. we just want to we want to jump in next year and just start making stuff. Um, but we have all these stretch goals for you know, like making a full game. And we're hoping that if we can raise a little bit more money, we can actually maybe transfer or create a Sinfeld Chronicles experience in Unreal Engine. Um, I mean, obviously we can't make a full game for $5,000, but if we can get a little bit more money, we might be able to actually create like a little experience. Yeah, um, and obviously and something like not leaning into copyright, like it would be more on the uh, the parody side so on the kickstarter we kind of go into how we would uh, kind of deal with the properties that we want to parody 
Um, yeah, I was curious. I was a little bit curious about that as well. So that that's good to know that there's there's some answers about those questions. You guys can send me the link and I'll put it in the show notes for this. But where can we find like a way to see where this Kickstarter is? Oh yeah, just go to Kickstarter and uh, search New York Simulator. Um, our goal is basically our original idea was if we reached our 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 stretch goals. Um, we were, we were, if we reached like 50,000 or a hundred thousand, we would actually make a little, uh, Donathan type storyline where he gets, uh, adopted by a, uh, reality TV star and it's kind <laughs> of, uh, I mean, Colton can explain it better, but he, yeah, he, he kind of came up with it. it um, cool. so yeah, the, the full name, of the Kickstarter is New York simulator, the game. Um, <laughs> it's already, we, we already actually passed the, yeah. So we're at like 6,000 out of 5,000. Um, oh, awesome. Like six, 61, 65. Um, but essentially the idea is to create like a game that you start as like this, this orphan in New York city in the eighties or, or, or 1994. Um, basically in the middle of the night, he gets um, taken out by this, this he's adopted by this uh, paranormal investigator who basically mm-hmm. is trying to take this kid as like a sidekick on his adventures. Um, awesome. And so it's like, and it's, it's I'm getting kind some of a, X-Files vibes here. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird to start getting yeah. adopted in the middle of the night. It's kind of not normal. <laughs> but uh, basically this guy, the, the guy who adopts him starts with like pretty bad intentions, you know, because he's trying to take this kid as like a, his own sidekick and just use him for his own means. And then as the game goes on, like you kind of learn more about this investigator and like uh, you, you basically have to like, go into some of uh, the places that he um, was investigating, but they end up like turning into more of the properties that we want to parody. Um, we go into detail like about a few of them, but like, uh, Austin, yeah, Austin, what was your favorite one? That- well, I think, I, I think a, a good way to describe the game would be, uh, there'd be like a hub area in New York and, okay. and you get abandoned in the middle of time, like in, in this little section of New York. And now you're wandering around looking for shelter and looking for food and you wander into like a Seinfeld-esque apartment. You wander into a moonstruck bakery yeah, uh, and, 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 and a Ghostbusters type firehouse. And, but the, but, but the thing is uh, if, if we can't raise enough money to do those experiences, like at the very least we're going to build a Seinfeld horror um like uh experience in unreal engine so like it'll be kind of like a little scare a spooky seinfeld type level um so that's that's like that's our very very basic goal after playing sinfeld chronicles i definitely like can kind of get like the vibe of your guys's humor that you're going for and stuff if you listener haven't played it i would suggest if you do own dreams just go up go in there and search sinfeld chronicles you'll you'll be able to find it there's a whole bunch of little just situations that you guys created that just made me chuckle and made me laugh. So I definitely have faith that what you guys are looking at, like your vision is going to be something, you know, if not like triple a graphical fidelity, impressiveness, like at least going to make you laugh and chuckle and have an awesome experience. (laughs) Yeah. The thing is if, if, if we, if we can't raise, you know, 50 grand or a hundred grand, like what we'll do is we'll create, a Seinfeld horror experience and release it for free and just kind of just like let people just goof around and have fun with it. But 
yeah, we can't, uh, we still got to, we still have our day jobs. Um, we were hoping we could raise enough money to, to take some time off, but it looks like we'll probably just make this first little experience in Unreal and see, and just go from there and see how people react to it. Yeah. Um, and then what's cool is Unreal Engine 5 is right around the corner and that could honestly change everything. That could change our workflow. It could change how fast we're able to produce stuff. Um, so, so hope I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers that they have overhauled Unreal Engine 5 to be closer to dreams. I know it won't be, but it, like something close to it so that we can kind of just, I just want to, I just want to be creative and I don't want to run into all these limitations because the current version of Unreal is just like basically constantly fighting these limitations. And I, and I hope that, I hope that they found a way to kind of get past that because that's what dreams did was they kind of they kind of lifted this barrier for people you know mm -hmm. and, and 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 i didn't have to worry about i didn't have to worry about bugs or i didn't have to worry about um just anything it's just it's i was able to just get to work and just start making the game and it, and it kind of it kind of optimized it was kind of like doing all the optimization on its own mm -hmm. and and that's the one thing I, I really hope that we're able to get to that point one day where we can just like make a video game and just worry and just let i mean obviously if you want to make something like the last of us that's going to require like some custom code and stuff but i hope that there will be a game engine where you can just make fun little experiences like this that'll be great and this is why dreams is like currently my game of the year i mean i, I loved last of us too so much but like for me dreams just like opens up so many doors that I think it's the potential of the game of where it could be in the next five years um, as, if the community continues to support it. Um, like this last weekend, they had a, this thing called Dreamscom uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. And basically, Media Molecule hosted like an, a convention hall inside of Dreams where you could uh, oh, awesome. basically walk. You can walk around like a show floor and like... What? Oh my yeah. God, I missed this. What a great idea, man. It's so yeah. cool. And like every creator in the community built like... Um, no, not every creator, but like most of the, the big ones built like booths and things. Oh my god! Unfortunately, gosh. like we didn't we didn't see the email like when they um were like taking requests for people to build booths. Right. But yeah, um, we, yeah, we totally like I, I I literally saw like three days ago or four days ago, and it was too late. But um, basically, they they sent out like requirements for how big your booth can be and all this stuff, and I was like, oh my god, it sounds so cool, and and, and like uh, and people people kind of created these little experiences inside of the booth to kind of like tease their game. Yeah. Well, like, are you able to still access this or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah. So like, it's basically E3. Like it, that was, that was like a virtual E3. In so, dreams. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. I can't believe like, I never heard anything about this. Yeah. Like we were surprised too. Cause like we were like, we've been following a lot of dream stuff, but um. I, th I think it was in the Media Molecule newsletter and I just like, I missed it. Even like having a PlayStation like little push notification though would have been like, hey, there's this thing happening in this game. Yeah. You know? Maybe you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, they honestly, that that was kind of like, they, it is kind of weird because we've been, we've been kind of big in the community and I've, I'm even on this, the Reddit page and stuff and I don't know how I missed it, but basically that could have, yeah, that, that could have been, that could have been Sony's answer to E3. Well, yeah, and, and dude, we'll the other thing is dream some val validity and like, yeah, maybe uh, just, showcase just, it in the community a little bit more. Right. Because speaking as someone who uh, is on the PSN pretty regularly, I don't feel like I know it came out four months ago, but 
now is just as good a time as any to kind of showcase dreams and that kind of thing to like show what it can do. It feels like yeah. it came out and they've kind of just like put it behind the scenes. I don't, and I'm not sure why that is because they worked on it for such a long time. It's, it's interesting. Cause yeah, like I think what happened was this last month, the last couple of months is like been focused on PS five, you know, last of us. And then now we've got ghost of Tsushima this month. Mm-hmm. Um, so they packed their schedule so much, but like, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like how much dreams is being like consistently updated with like new content. And like the fact that they put on this whole show, like I'm, I'm glad that like media molecule is still super active in the community. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, yeah, I think, um, I think I think uh, going forward though, there's there's a really positive future for game development, and um, I, I think that maybe one day there'll be like a minority report style of uh, program that you can just kind of like go in virtual reality and just phys- physically build your game, um, which they're already. I mean, uh, wear the gloves and and pull the things into the yeah, they're into well, what uh, you're seeing. Um, <laughs> Uh, they're releasing a VR update on the 22nd or something. Is that right, Colm? Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I don't have PSVR, but um, yeah, the, like you're going to be able to sculpt in dreams. Like, wow. I, 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 I do have up. a PSVR, so I'm interested in that. Yeah. I, I stayed up until like 3 a.m. last night um, sculpting Dustin from Stranger Things, <laughs> <laughs> making his face. And like, uh, and, but I, I'm like, I wish I had the VR headset because then you could like, you know, you could go at it from all angles and actually get the proportions right. And everything. Well, what's really, what's really cool is that like, there's all these painting programs for VR. This is, this is like the ultimate painting program. Like you can literally paint stuff, you can build stuff, you can do all this stuff, but then you can also turn it into an interactive experience, um, which is just insane. So there's going to be, there's going to be some really trippy stuff coming um like probably probably like the day of like the day it's released okay so, cool yeah and also um i think i mean we we haven't really seen how it works but i'm assuming that we're going to be able to copy all the files and everything and just make a, a sinfeld vr experience as well so you can walk around oh that'd be cool on the apartment and stuff dude right when i uh was when i was watching the video i was like holding a flashlight walking around that is like that would be sweet in vr for sure yeah, so I, I think that's going to be if we. I think the day that that comes out, we're just gonna we're gonna kind of pick it apart and see how it all works. But I, I think I, I the way I imagine it is you copy the level and then you probably have to delete a bunch of stuff or optimize it a little bit. But um, it seems like it seems like you just basically plop in a VR camera and or a VR like avatar and people can just jump in and start playing. Yeah, like you said earlier, I think. Um dreams launching on ps5 like as a free app would be like a really good move to get people back in yeah uh, in the fall i wonder if that's why we haven't heard much from it i feel like it's still in beta and they're waiting until something happens to kind of uh be like hey this is here and it's these awesome things already exist on it Mm -hmm. um I, i i i think that it's sold I think it's sold a few million copies though. It's doing pretty well, but I, I, I do want to see how it performs on uh, PS5 because how they handle that is going to be really interesting because the, I mean, there's a lot of limitations right now. Like, so like I told you, there's only so, so many assets that I can put in the apartment and all that stuff. So I'm curious 
are they ever going to raise that? So I like if you have a PS5, you can put more detail or is it going to be locked across all, you know, consoles or platforms? Um, cause, cause the tools, the tools are incredible. It's just that they have this certain limitation because of the, you know, the, the console. And so, um, I just imagine if you imagine if you had those tools, but in unreal engine where it was pretty much limitless, uh, and you can put as many assets as you want. That would be really cool. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Well, man, you guys, I feel like I could talk with you for ever, but you know, we've got to stop sometime. So yeah, I yeah. guess, are there any final thoughts that you guys have? Uh, John, do you have any final thoughts? No, not that. I All right. Well, that does it for our show today. Thank you listener so much for joining the podcast this week. Austin Colton. Thank you two so much for bringing I don't know, all this industry knowledge, all these um, cool stories and all this inside information to us today. Uh, can you let the people know where they can find you on the internets, where they can follow along with everything, uh, where they can support your Kickstarter? Yeah, if you go to um, YouTube and you type in Rare Bird Interactive or you Google Little Stevie Wanders or you can Google uh, New York Simulator, uh there's there's a few different ways but uh there's links there's links in all the descriptions and also by the way um i just want to give a shout out to and you guys probably aren't going to release this in time but tomorrow we are uh on july 4th we're going to have a vaporwave version of um, independence day and so <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. that's cool i'm actually planning to try to get this out tomorrow um i don't know how early tomorrow but <laughs> okay so aj's kind of an editing wizard Oh, okay. So, um, I mean, I don't know if you want to cut this in there, but basically we uh, have been editing with Freddie Wong and a bunch of other big editors and we're, we've remixed Speed Racer, we've remixed uh, Michael Mann's Heat, and um, now we're doing Independence Day. And so we basically, uh, a bunch of big editors from LA have condensed the movie to about like 40 minutes and kind of remixed it into some kind of vaporwave fever dream. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a fun little thing that happens tomorrow at 6 PM. If people want to check it out. And that's 6 PM Pacific oh, time. Yeah. And it's going to be on Twitch. Uh, if you search on Twitch, it's, uh, the username is spiffy, the dog. So check that out. <laughs> spiffy, the dog. <laughs> and then I'm, uh, at Colton underscore stock on Twitter. My social media use the most, I guess for game related stuff. But, um, oh yeah, well, I was wondering, John, how many platinums, Oh, I looked, uh, 40. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm at 11. So. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm kind of, like I said, I'm a little bit of a trophy whore. So I buy a lot of, uh, there's a publisher called Rattalaka games and they publish a lot of games that have pretty easy platinums. Oh, and yeah. then they're cross play <laughs> between PlayStation four and Vita most of the time. So you get a platinum for each one. I there love you go, guys. If you want to make money, start just making like, five minute platinum experiences yeah there you go <laughs> i'm sure you could make some coin doing it i think yeah, yeah maybe we could do all our games is just like easy platinums <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i'm that sure I mean, it would be interesting to talk to this. yeah easy plat <laughs> easy plat <laughs> uh, yeah we uh I, I i don't know what it is i i never really care to go after the platinums i just i don't really I, either yeah 
Yeah, I like I, like The Last of Us. I'm definitely gonna play it a second time. I'm like ha- I'm actually like partway through the second playthrough, and oh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna like casually try to you know unlock stuff, but I I usually don't care. I try to just enjoy it as much as I. Can. I, I do it for like my favorite games. Cause I do like like for God of War, Skyrim, like um, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. I yeah God that. of War. It was like a God of War is probably my like quote unquote proudest one because it was. It was so fun and it was challenge. It was just perfect. It was yeah, challenging, it like, but it wasn't like overly like making it like horrible to get through. But it was like yeah, it was, it was really fun to get through that platinum. Exactly. I only have three. I only have three platinums. I think my favorite though, or my most proud, is Final Fantasy fifteen because oh, I had to like go. Oh, I had yeah, to grind my characters to ninety nine and stuff. <laughs> Ooh man, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Ollie Ollie two. That's like the one I'm most proud of. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, I I was gonna say I, the 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 G I think it was GTA or Red Dead Redemption or the the ones that the ones that require like weird online trophies. I don't like that. I hate yeah, that's that. not fair. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it I I I I my friend is like obsessed with GTA GTA Five and he keeps making us come back and try it out and I and me and Colton will jump in and we just don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Like I, I, I try my best to get into it, but it's just like tedious. And I, I hate, I hate how Rockstar is like trying to have like a story mode in the online mode. And I'm like, I, I think if they ever do GTA six, my advice is just get, just have the character wake up in a bed and boom, they're in the online mode. Just yeah, that's not a bad idea. Just literally, just 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 have them do a stretch or whatever, do whatever those animations they like to do, and then boom, you're in online <laughs> mode. And, and, and then have them have them walk up to the roof, and you could do like a cool moment where you reveal the world, but then boom, just give them the give them control and just let them just go wherever they want. Um, I'm so tired of like a 15 minute cutscene, and then walk <laughs> over here, and there's another 15 minute cutscene. I'm like, just let me run around. Just let me just. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. I got, I got one for Bully, and like, I, I'm so glad they like it's a PS2 game, and they put trophies like in the PS4 version. Yeah, like that's so cool. That that's cool. Up. Yeah. All yeah. right, everybody. Hey, thank you guys so much. This yeah, Rare Bird sure. Interactive. Go yep. look that up. Search for their Kickstarters. We've said it a few times. Man, I guess we could talk about ourselves a little bit here. If you want to send emails to podcast at mostnormalgamers.com, you can do that. Follow us on Twitter at mngamerspodcast. Sign up for our emailing list, mostlynormalgamers.com. That's where we'll send out information like uh, where to find Rareburg at Interactive's Kickstarter. But for now, I guess, go, go play some games. Go play some dreams. Yeah. Do it. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.